look in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the chapter 13. The book of Hebrews in chapter 13, I'd like to read verse 1 through verse 6. Our subject today is the Lord's continual presence, meaning certainly with his people. We know of his omnipresence, he is everywhere, but he is certainly with his people in a very special way. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'll mention this first of all. You'll note the context in verse 5. It's not our subject, but I do not want to overlook it. Let our conversation, our, our manner of life in this world be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for or because he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Our subject is the promise in the latter part of verse 5 but you'll notice the context in verse 5 is teaching against being covetous, coveting those things that we do not have. It's as if the apostle is telling us the presence of the Lord is all you need. Be content with such things as you have because he has said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Getting to our message, and again it'll come from the latter part of verse 5. But I'll mention this. We are told in 2 Peter chapter 1 and in verse 4 that the people of God are given great, exceeding, precious promises. That is a blessing I think we overlook. It is an act of God's grace that he should promise us anything other than wrath and condemnation. It's only a matter of God's grace that he does promise us 
the things that we find in the Word of God. We know that certainly he was under no obligation to give us these exceedingly great and precious promises, but the Bible is filled with promises from God to his people. Now I'm going to mention this. Some of those promises from God are conditional promises, and some of them are unconditional promises. I realize there are some among those who claim to believe in the doctrines of grace that do not want to hear anything at all about conditional promises, but yet these are a reality. While we believe in unconditional election, the unconditional grace of God in the matter of our salvation, yet there are still conditional promises in the Word of God. I'm going to mention a few of these. In James, and you should be close to it, in James and in chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 7 through verse 10. Conditional promises. James 4 and in verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinner, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. No honest person can read this without seeing the promises of God stated here are conditional. Verse 7 again, it begins with, Submitting yourselves unto God. And then it says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, that's a conditional promise. He will flee if you resist. Implication, if you do not resist, he's not going to flee. Verse 8, Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh unto you. Verse 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, here's the promise, he shall lift thee up. If you look in James and in chapter 1, and I read verse 5 through verse, verse 7, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavers, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Again, there is a conditional promise of God. I'm going to go to the book of Acts in chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse, verse 19. And I mentioned this verse recently in another message. Acts and in chapter 3. Notice the conditional promise. I'm going to read verse 19. 
Repent ye therefore and be converted. Why? That your sins may be blotted out. Is there a condition upon the blotting out of sin? Well, there certainly is. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Man has a responsibility from God because God has given a command to all men everywhere to repent. Let no one ever think their sins will be blotted out without repentance and without faith. It just is not going to happen. You might want to look in Acts chapter 16 and in verse, verse 13, a very familiar passage of Scripture, whether Acts 16 verse 31, the question was asked, what must I do to be saved? The answer in verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the condition followed by the promise. And thou shalt be saved and thy house. Again, there are conditional promises in the word of God for God's people. Our text back in Hebrews in chapter 13 deals with an unconditional promise of God for his people. And again, our message is based upon the last words of Hebrews 13 in verse 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. A promise to God's people it is an absolute, unconditional promise from God. You'll notice it ends in our Bible with a period. Let us add nothing to that. Let no one add any condition, any stipulation to this unconditional promise of God. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. It's been said, and I'll agree with it, I guess, never put a, a stipulation or an if where God puts a period. When God makes a statement as emphatic as this, we have no right nor reason to ever add anything to it. An unconditional promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There are times that you and I might not feel the presence of God. We may not feel close to God. But our feelings have nothing at all to do with God keeping his word and fulfilling his promise. One of the verses I refer to many times is 2 Timothy 2 and in verse 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Even though there may be times in your life you don't feel the presence of God, your feelings do not have a thing to do with it. If you're one of his, he is there. He said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. Our God always keeps his word whether we feel like it or not, even whether we believe it or not. 
God keeps his word. He is immutable, and we're told in his word it is impossible for God to lie. He said in our text, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Notice in verse verse 5, notice these words. It says, for he has said, for he has said. In the original language it would read, for himself hath said. This is not something that someone else said about God. This is something himself has said. This is what God himself has said. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now I want to also mention something here that I think is very important. There are those known as dispensationalists who believe that God's dealings with his people in one dispensation is different from his dealings with them in another dispensation. Well, that would be a changeable God to begin with. That would rule out the immutability of God. Instead of rightly dividing the word of truth, dispensationists wrongly divide the word of truth, and in doing so, it seems they seek to try to rob God's people from many of the great things of God that's recorded in the Old Testament. They say that's not for us. God does not deal with us in those ways. Well, I believe our text disproves dispensationalism. It says in verse 5, For he has said, and the question would arise in my mind, and it certainly did, when did God say this, and to whom did he say it? If we're told in the Bible, he has said, well, it's important to know when did he say it, and to whom did he say it. I want to read two places, and we'll begin in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 31, in Deuteronomy and in chapter 31, I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 8 here. Deuteronomy 31, beginning in verse 1. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them, as he did to Sihon and Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments 
which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that, that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Look also in the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua and in chapter 1, Joshua and in chapter 1, and I'll read verse 5. Joshua 1 and verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now back in our text in Hebrews in chapter 13, and in verse 5 and in verse, verse 6, what was said long ago is just as true for us today as the words were to Moses and to Joshua. Just as true for us. You'll notice in verse 5 of Hebrews 13, you have what God has said. In verse 6, you have that what we may boldly say based upon what God has said. Notice how the apostle took what God said so many years ago and said, here it is, a promise that is also for you. You'll notice in verse 6, the words we, my, I, and me. Paul said, take the words that God said years ago, and you can use them as a basis of boldly saying, the Lord is my Helper, every true believer living today is included in these words. I'll just use the words of Peter on the day of Pentecost when he said, the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This promise has that effect. It's true for as many as the Lord our God will call. Again, dispensationalists would say, no, that's a promise in the old dispensation has nothing at all to do with us. Our text, again, proves them wrong. It proves them wrong. Our text in the latter part of verse 5 of Hebrews 13 promises us God's continual, perpetual presence with his people. And with God's presence will always go God's providence as well as God's protection. You'll never have this presence of God without the providence of God and the protection of God and I think it is so stated in verse 6. 
verse 5, we have the promise of his, his presence. In verse 6, you have the promise of his providence and protection. The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what men shall do unto me. I want to mention something else that I find unusual about this statement in verse 5, where it says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It's interesting to me that in the original language, that in this statement there are five negatives in the original. Five negatives. Do something, if you will. Look in your hymnal to page 38. Page 38. A hymn that is familiar with us. How firm a foundation. Whoever it was, and I have no idea who it was, I have not searched it, but whoever it was that compiled this, this hymnal did the saints of God a great disservice. They left verses out that should have been included. I, I put in the bulletin, if you noted this week, the hymn, How Firm a Foundation, as it was originally published. One of those verses that you'll find in the bulletin that is not in our hymnal and how firm a foundation relates to our text in Hebrews 13 and in verse 5. The hymn writer, and again we do not know who, who penned the words of this hymn, how firm a foundation, evidently was a student of the word of God. He included in that hymn, as he did write it, just exactly how it was that God said this. He included the five negatives. If you have a bulletin, look at this verse where it says, The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake. Now notice five negatives. I will never, that's one. No, two. I will never, no, never. No, never forsake. That's exactly how it would read in the original with the five uh, negatives. Again, I think it's an important statement. Ever who compiled that hymnal must not have thought it was good for the people of God, and they just just left it out. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That's what is stated in Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 5. Notice in this statement, in Hebrews 13 and in verse 5, two words. The Lord has said, I will never leave thee. 
said, nor forsake thee. These words do not have the same meaning. Now think again, uh, just word studies are important to know what did God say? What did God say? To leave someone by definition of this word simply means to remove your presence. You can leave someone without uh, abandoning or forsaking them. The word forsake that is used here means to leave someone in a helpless state, to leave someone in harm's way, to abandon someone in time of need. So there's a twofold promise here. God said, I'll never withdraw my presence, and I'll never leave you in time of need. I'll never forsake you in time of need. But I read the promise of God in Hebrews 13 and in verse 5. Again, I cannot think, help but think of the magnitude of the grace of God toward us. When Jesus Christ became sin for us, when the one who knew no sin did bear our sins in his own body, there at Calvary, God the Father did forsake him. And Jesus even cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But the same God has promised he'll never abandon us. He'll never forsake us. What a great promise here, and, and what a great insight into the grace of God. Our God said, I'll never leave you. I'm not going to withdraw my presence from you. I'm not going to leave you in harm's way or abandon you in, in times of trouble. Others might forsake us, but our God never will. Notice this, if you would, in the book of 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy and in chapter 4, In 2 Timothy in chapter 4, note Paul's words in verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He just abandoned Paul. In time of need, he just abandoned the apostle Paul. Look at verse 16 of the same chapter. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Everybody just abandoned me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. Others abandoned him, forsook him. He said, not my God, not the Lord. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. What a great promise we have in our text in Hebrews 13 and in verse 5. The five negatives that I, I mentioned, they together form one of the great 
positives you'll find in the Word of God. You cannot find a greater positive that we have drawing from the five negatives. I'll never, no never, no never forsake thee. Well, I take that as a promise. He's going to always be there. In time of trouble, in time of need, he will never, never forsake me. Now, if you read verse 5, in that uh, latter part of verse 5, where it begins, For he has said, he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Notice the conclusion that is drawn in verse 6. So that we may boldly say, so that we may say with great conviction and great courage, since the Lord has made this unconditional promise, we may take courage and conviction and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Again, this is a great unconditional promise. In studying this, I read what one said. I do not know who it was. But one said, Whom the Lord does not forsake, he helps, both physically and spiritually. If the Lord is with you, and the, and the manner in which it is stated here, in verse 5 and in verse 6. You can be assured of his help. As I said, his presence will always bring with it his providence, his provision, and his protection. I'm thankful that we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. If somebody would ask, how do you know and why do you believe that? Well, he has said, he has said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you in times of trouble. Brother Royce, if you would, come and lead us. And let's stand together as we sing.